he told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. New Orleans Pelicans basketball is on the air. Pump fake. Bounce feed to Jonas. Up top, B.I. Straight away three. Good! Bucket! Bucket! Good! Rumble, young man! Ball game! This is Todd Graffinini. Join John DeShazer and me as the Pelicans take on the Boston Celtics. Saturday at 6 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hola, amigos. It is hour number two. Our thanks to Mike Carney, top of the hour. He joined us back at 12. Lance Moore just wrapped up with him. Uh, we'll take your phone calls the rest of the way of the show here as well. Coming up later on in the show, though, two more. Well, a former Saint and then somebody probably knows that Coach Sean Payton a little bit better than most of us. Maybe an inside perspective of, think so? of Coach. Maybe the softer side of what Coach. What do you want to know from Connor Payton? I don't know. Me and him went to school together. Oh, did you know that? Here we go. Did, did, does he actually know you? Nah. Okay, so you attended the school in which he attended. Correct. Okay. Elementary school, by the way. But that's how and you... I, I'm two years older. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> we did go to school together, though. <laughs> no, you didn't. We go, pl- I played flag no. football against Sean Payton. Wait, no, you didn't. Swear. You played in a flag football game. We're asking Connor. Sean Payton was the quarterback. And who was your quarterback? Papa Kleber? No, I think Sean Payton switched sides. So Sean Payton quarterbacked the, for you on a flag football team. It was a school function. Okay, but I'm asking you, did did you did you catch a pass from Sean Payton? I cr- tried to grab his flag and I missed the flag. I did not catch a pass, by the way. I was actually so trying. He, so as Lance Moore called him an offensive savant, he did not see the vision for you, even though you have claimed in the past you have could have been a tight end at LSU. I was trying to I was trying to sack him. <laughs> He also brought the Lombardi Trophy to. Oh, he did, yeah, huh? I actually have a few pictures. That's what he did, huh? Maybe we'll ask Connor, right? That you know during we'll that ask him. during that time you after the Super Bowl, me. did you don't believe did me. the trophy go everywhere? Oh, we're asking him. I'll be honest with you. I win the Super Bowl. It's going everywhere for a while. It really, honestly is. I in the drive-through, right? I mean, am I lying? I mean, seriously. I mean, that's one of the cool traditions in the NHL, right? Stanley Cup. Every oh, yeah. player gets everywhere. a day with it. You get a day with it, right? It's twenty-four hours. Um. I believe it. I think that's great. You think? You think? I'd be. Do you do that with football players? You get twenty four hours with it. Would you entrust? <laughs> you know what? I need Luke. If you're still listening, I need. If that ever happens again, twenty four hours CD Deuce with the Lombardi Trophy, and you're and you're tagging along. That's that's what I'd love to know. What would CD do with the Lombardi Trophy for twenty four hours? That's what I'm, I, that, that is a story that, man, I'm, you get some, scr- that you, needs you to get be some subscriptions. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know if you're, you're live streaming. That's one of those, the phone goes away. This is going to be talked about later and then edited and think, no, I think it'd be fun. 
uh, to see that there again. Anyway, 800-998-1003. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, John Stinchcomb's coming up later in the show here as well. What time is that, sir? That will be one thirty. Part of the, you know, one of the things, too, that, that's interesting, and, and look, it's easy to talk about, I guess, like him, meaning Sean Payton or Drew and what they did, too, but obviously you can't have top offenses without top offensive line, right? And we always hear a lot of the stories on how Sean Payton is innovative offensively with the skill position players, Drew Brees, running backs, formations, etc., I kind of want to hear that perspective, though, from the O-line on that as well, you know, on how that kind of goes about it. Um, and knowing the tendencies and things in nature, I wonder if they got the the tidbits that receivers get, you know, that linebackers get, defensive players and stuff. So, and oh, by the way, he does some color. I know, everyone that just... From the Saints. Yeah, the more I think about it, it's actually Sean yeah, Payton, yeah. Lance Moore. Everybody's uh John Stinchcomb. Everybody's going into to media. You know? I don't have I don't have much luck. You, do you don't I? have a prayer. I don't have a prayer. Yeah, you don't have a prayer. <laughs> I told you long ago when you first walked in, pick another career to major in, and then you get in the media. That's what you do. But either way, you're So I, sh- I should have just stuck. You're well on your way though. I mean you're you're like what, two months away? On my way. Two months away. On my way. Yeah. Are you doing French again this semester? Yeah, I actually am. Let's just not talk about that. That is unbelievable. How many years have you taken French in college? Too many. I agree. It's way too many. Um, So we did also see two teams today hire head coaches. And I'm interested in the Bears because they, Eberflus, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator for the Colts, is now the head coach of the Bears. Cajun Goat says, I, I wouldn't mind an offensive guy. I think a lot of people believe Dennis Allen seems like an obvious choice to do so. Now the Saints have requested permission to interview Aaron Glenn and now Byron Leftwich, who has also interviewed for the Jags position. Um, there are openings still, seven, including the Saints. Rod Walker of the Picayune and Advocate Sports Columnist. He rated the Saints third of the openings. Raiders, the top choice. And the Broncos being the second. The Broncos hired today Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers office. Yeah, which has everybody nationally thinking. Well, that means that's where Aaron Rodgers is going because earlier this week on the Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers, you know, um, His really segment. spoke up highly about Hackett and how great he is, um, how ingenious the offense is, everything. So a lot of people were kind of look at it from that perspective. Here's Adam Schefter on the hire. The Broncos picked the coach that they believed would be the best fit for their organization. That would be the best move to change their culture. The fact that he knew Aaron Rodgers, that's a, that's a cherry on top. Don't get me wrong. It's not, oh, boy, it's not nothing key. But I, I don't believe that's why they went after him, for all the conspiracy theorists, right? Oh, we're going to go hire, pack it, and then go get Rodgers. Like, look, they may be thinking that. I wouldn't be surprised. They, they wanted Rodgers last year. But I don't think that's why they hired Hackett. Okay. 
Coach here, coach there, coach everywhere. Coach everywhere. We, we found out during the break. Uh-huh. Um, Larry Fedora is going to yes. be the head coach of I the like New Orleans Breakers. I like to think former Southern Miss head football coach for a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. And he went to North Carolina, you know. He is uh, your new head coach for your New Orleans Breakers. Are you excited about the Breakers? A little USFL? I am. More football? Yeah. Could never be bad. If the Saints maybe you could try it as tight end there. Maybe if the Saints don't do too well. If they do an open tryout, you have to. You have to. I just want to see if he'll catch the ball. Or the finger breaks. Somebody flows, throws I'll it try in there. Out. Yeah, you're trying out for sure. Um, I mentioned the Titans as somebody that would make sense to me. If you're, again, looking at football team-wise, what you have, head coach there, running back, couple good receivers, solid defense. Right, if I'm Rodgers looking at it here as well. Because that's the thing that was being discussed this morning nationally. If you're Rodgers and you go to the Broncos, um, the AFC West is pretty good. Well, even Cam <laughs> Jordan on Get Up talked yeah. about it. They, the, the, the desk had a debate on, well, does it make sense for Rodgers to even move to the AFC? Or and Cam's he... response was, well, you're Aaron Rodgers. You're, you're a football you're, player. You're an MVP. Right. You're not scared of anybody. Any current, you're go I, think that's the, right. I think that's the response for to for any current player in the NFL. You there were other panelists, though, challenge. that said, you know, work smarter, not harder. If that makes any sense. And in that West, you're looking at Herbert, Carr, and uh, some guy named Pat Mahomes who you disrespect and frequently. Joe, Joe Burrow. Well, no, no. The a- oh, got, got, got you. Just yes. in the division. Just in the division. Now, again, though, we heard most of the year, will Carr stay with the Raiders? Will the Raiders stay with Carr? I mean, if you're the Raiders, why would you move on from Derek Carr? It's not terrible. So, um, but Diana Rossini had this to say this morning on Get Up. The Titans, for, from what I recall, during free agency there with Tom Brady, they weren't interested in Brady. That they were not going after him. They were they were committed to Ryan Tannehill. And we can reflect there and say, was that the right decision? Because Tom Brady went on to win a Super Bowl, if you recall. You know, who knows? And and I do think that dynamic between Vrabel and, and Brady being great friends, from what we can gather here, and they, they must be right after having three Super Bowl wins together and playing together for eight years. You know, they, they have that. But I'm not sure if that would work though. You think Brady's done, done, or does he go to another team that maybe? I think has it'd be kind of tragic if he if you he was think, done. Does it? I, I saw. I heard someone nationally say it may tarnish the legacy. You think it tarnishes the legacy if he goes to another team to try to win a Super Bowl? No. Yeah, I don't not know. at all. Yeah. I think if anything, it, it would enhance it. This guy literally shows up and you win Super Bowls, right? By the way, uh, maybe another coaching search could be coming to an end by the weekend. Adam Schefter on the Giants. I would think that uh, before the conference championship games kick off on Sunday, the Giants will have a new head coach. Obviously, the finalists seem to be Quinn, Frazier, Flores, Dayball, and, and I think it'll be one of those guys, obviously, and, and I think they'll have a decision after they wrap up the interview process here soon. Well, we do know, as of earlier this morning, Dan Quinn is what, Jordan? Yeah, he's taking his name out yeah. off the table. Staying, staying in Dallas, with Dallas. Which is interesting. Do you think that's interesting? I mean, when you can go be a head coach. Well, you said that maybe potentially for the future, maybe he might. Maybe he thinks he's in line? The, yeah, not you a, think maybe not that was promised? Shot. Not not with Sean out there, right? Sean's the golden ticket right now. He's the golden ticket. Yeah, but you don't right have to trade Cowboys. any assets. 
for Dan Quinn, you just elevate him if McCarthy doesn't do well during the season. <laughs> right? So one, so one little tidbit there, bud. Would you rather Dan Sean Quinn Payton or Sean still Payton? Still got a trade for. Still would you rather trade Dan for. Quinn or Sean Payton? I didn't say would you rather. I'm just telling you. That That is interesting, though, because there are a lot of teams that I think he could have absolutely been a head coach again. Right? Uh, coming up bottom of the hour, John Stinchcomb. But up next, Connor Payton. Son. Saints head coach. Former. Saints. Former. Yeah. Hard to say, man. Sean Payton. That's up next on ESPN New Orleans. Sports betting is coming to Louisiana, and there's no better place to get in on the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Treasure Chest Casino. To celebrate, FanDuel is giving you $100 in free site credit when you register early. That's right. Register and verify now, and you receive a free $100 bonus when we're live. FanDuel Sportsbook is super easy to use. It's easy to register and easy to deposit, and you can find your bet easily as well. I love the live betting feature where you can study trends throughout the game and make your picks accordingly. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and 100% legal and regulated. The app is easy to use they're always hooking you up with great offers and when you win you'll get paid in as little as two hours so see for yourself why FanDuel is america's number one sports book just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and register now to get $100 in free site credit. Must be 21 over and present in Louisiana. Bonus issued a non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Louisiana's go-live date. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. The new year is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online Online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-size problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will see king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hi, welcome back. You're home of Pelicans basketball. We'll get back at it tomorrow night. We'll get into that here in a quick second. As we continue our conversation today, Connor Payton joins us, son of Sean Payton. You know who that is. At CTPayton19 is the way to follow Connor over on Twitter. Connor, thanks for the time this afternoon, man. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you want to talk about your dad, the Saints, or time here, but my segment, our intern here, Jordan Kleber, apparently says he was teammates with you on some flag football I never football said teammates. Events. We, went to school, we went to elementary school together at that Mary Queen of Peace. Right, and then I asked him what year he was. He's two years older than you, so here we go again, just because he went to the same school, was on some flag football thing, now he's your friend and a teammate. Totally, yeah. I, I, I remember him, of course. <laughs> See, I told you. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea who you are. Uh, how how often do you think that happens, Connor? Where people are like, hey, I know Connor Payton. How happen, How often does that happen? 
Uh, honestly, a, a little bit. I mean, New Orleans is, you know, it's kind of a small town, so everybody kind of knows everybody. So definitely a lot of those stories. And I've ran a lot of people here at TCU that are like, hey, uh, we I met you once in Watercolor 2007. You remember me? And I'm like, oh, totally, yeah, seven years old time, of course. Hey, you don't want to ever be rude, right? Because obviously that would, that would wind up on Twitter or on TikTok or social media. Um, exactly. What, what has this week been like for you? It's been crazy, man. It's been sad, and it's been it's been cool though too to see everybody how much my dad's kind of impacted them in the city, and it's been it's been hard though on us. And I know it was a hard decision for my dad, obviously, but it's sad. And I know he was grateful for his time, and I was obviously so grateful to just be a part of it for the ride for sixteen years of my life. When did y'all know? I mean, we kind of knew right when y'all knew. We knew when <laughs> he was. I knew after the season ended, he was kind of talking about it, and okay. he was having a hard time, a little burned out, but. We didn't really know what he was going to do, and until probably the night before the news broke, he told us that he had a meeting and he was probably going to step away. And I was—we were all shocked, but we—I mean, we knew he had this right decision in mind. But it was—it mm-hmm. was a crazy thing to hear. It's crazy to think, um, you know, that because we had heard a lot of those reports this week, Connor, that it was going back and forth and changing your mind. And I think a lot of that is, and maybe you don't know what to do. It's just. You you have a great perspective on it. it. It's been such a part of his life, and it means so much to him, and it's kind of all you sort of know to an extent. It's a, probably a little terrifying a bit. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, because I was five years old when we moved to New Orleans, and he became the coach, and so it's really all I've known him doing, and it's going to be a, definitely a big change for our whole family. But I know he had the right idea in mind. He's put himself first, and I totally respect him for it. But it's been hard, and it's been sad just to leave such a great thing behind. Speaking with Connor Payton, Sean Payton's son, I think one of the things, Connor, that I've actually spoken about a lot this week when I go on different shows, obviously covering the Saints as long as your dad's been here as well, is, you know, why did he do this? What's this sort of like? And look, I have a five-year-old, so I've kind of looked at it a little bit differently, and your sister posted a tweet, and I keep referencing this, and it's photos of you guys, and there you are at five, man, you're 21 now, right, or something, and I'm like, Dude, that's my kid 15, 16 years later. And and you see those photos and it just really hits you how much time has passed really in all of that. When you have seen that this week and photos that you posted and your sisters posted, is it, is it kind of surreal to sort of see yourself sort of grow up in photos like that and realize everything that's taken place? Yeah, I mean, it really is. And it, it's every season just kind of adds up real quick and you notice that how fast you go through life and that's how I think he's noticed and how it's always been go, 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 and an itinerary for him his whole career as a coach, which has been more than half his life. So I know with him it's just been crazy to see probably how much we've changed while he's been here, and it's been crazy for me to see. I mean, coming here when I was a five-year-old, not even really like football, and then next thing you know I'm crying when Garrett Harley hits the kick to send us to the Super Bowl. So, but When you look at that experience there as well, you know, I've – just read, heard stories, watched 30 for 30s, kind of like you have, of uh, other players talk about that, you know, had dads in the NFL, like Cam Jordan, other things of that nature, and what it was like to be around locker rooms and things of nature. Is that something that stands out to you, having been part of those moments, you on the field when we're going to the Super Bowl, on the field when you win the Super Bowl, or just moments of being at practice and stuff? Yeah, I mean, throughout all those years, I've been so grateful just to be a part of some crazy teams and some great moments, but it makes it so much more real and, real and you feel like you're a part of the team and you feel like you're a part of the city and the culture. So that's why it makes it so hard to leave. But I mean, being here as a kid, it was just something crazy to grow up on. You, it almost just becomes normalized just because he's been the coach for so long. And it's, it's, it's sad to see, but it's been some great memories. 
All right, I want some dirt. Who was the the best player that you like to hang around over in the locker room, and who was one that you kind of like? Oh, he's in the locker room. I didn't have any really negative uh, <laughs> experiences from anybody, but I was always a big Devery Henderson fan as a kid, and he was such a great guy, real well spoken. And same with Marcus Colson. I was a big receiver fan growing up, and then obviously Drew. The whole journey was a great part of the team and a great person to us, and just on and off the field. And but more recently, uh, Mike Thomas and I had a little relationship. And he was a great guy and would reach out to me about stuff in college and how I was doing with that transition. He was just a part of the journey for me, and it's been really cool to have some cool relationships with some of the great players over the years. Connor, we've been talking with a lot of former and current players um, these past couple of days, and they've kind of told some funny stories or even just regular stories about your dad. What can you tell us that maybe the media or the world doesn't know that happened in the the Peyton household um, during those 16 years that that, that was funny, and it, it kind of took the, the you know, the head coaching side of Sean Payton, you know, and, and threw that out the window. What kind of stood out to you? What was one of the funnier things you remember throughout these 16 years? So I remember once I was probably 10 or 11 years old, and it was 2011 draft, so I was 11. And uh, I was always, at the time, of course, as a kid, you love Mark Ingram, the Heisman winners. You love those guys that are famous and talk, everybody's talking about them. So I was really hoping we'd get them. And my dad was like, yeah, we, we might get them. We'd like them on our board, blah, blah, blah. And then our pick comes, he's still on the board, and I'm pumped. I'm telling all my friends, we're getting Mark, everybody's going crazy, and we draft Cam Jordan, who obviously turns out to be one of the best players in franchise history and a great guy as well. But obviously as a kid and you see a defensive player get drafted, you're like, what the hell? And uh, But then, I he, so I texted him and was like, what, why, what? I told everybody, and he was just like, hey, listen, just wait a second. And then five or so picks later, we traded right back up on the board, and I was the hero once again. There it is, exactly. See, you had, you were the inside source. You knew it all along. You just didn't know exactly when that pick was going on. And right, especially right. moving up. Sean Payton loves moving up. In See, I, I would always think, too, because obviously, it, it you know, I, not anywhere near the same level, right? I'm a talk show host and all this stuff. So I come home for my son Carver. I'm just dad. It's like, you know, we have to build this Lego or he wants this toy. <laughs> Something's important. Uh, I wonder... Along the lines of what Jordan is saying, too, I, I'm sure there were some times he walks in and, look, um, either there's a test to study for, or there's a test you didn't do well for, or something, or a project that needs to be done. And Saints kind of on the back burner, at least for that moment, huh? Oh, yeah. He he had some of those. And there was another story like that was uh, the year we went to the Super Bowl, so the NFC Championship game weekend. He promised me he'd come paint bomb with me. And I was like, Dad, we're doing this. And Saturdays before the game, he had a little off time, so we were going to go do it. But during that game, a lot of people don't know he had like a huge fever and he was sick and the flu and everything. But he still committed and came to paintball with me. And he was saying how he was just camping in the back, hiding because he just felt horrible the whole time. But he still had to keep that promise to me. <laughs> Put that effort out there, no doubt about it. Um, so along those lines, look, obviously some fans will look at that year off a little differently, perhaps than you did. You got that for a little bit. And, right. and to see the movie coming out tomorrow, Home Team, what's that been like? I mean, not only did you get a chance to be on the sideline with an NFL team, be a part of a Super Bowl run. But now that one year that probably a lot of Saints fans don't ever want to remember, including your dad, <laughs> turns out to be a, a fun movie for the family on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, that year was so unique. Cause I, obviously, as a kid, I had those desires like most kids do, where you're like, oh, I want my dad to coach, and I want him to be a part of this for me. And obviously, as a football coach, our seasons were always the same, so – but this year was such a unique experience, and it was so cool just to kind of see it now played out into, like, a good comedy movie that's coming out. Because I feel like it's a great story that people want to hear, and it was a great season for all of us and everybody involved. 
be honest. What what did y'all get to like choose the actors? Did you have a wish list? Did your dad want you know like somebody? Really I'm assuming young? they had they had. To no, I mean, come on, Connor. Be honest. Who, who did you want to play you, Connor? Uh, I, the thing is with the kid actors, it's kind of hard because I mean they're so always new, and a lot of the kids you don't really know by name. But the kid who's playing me, Tate Bloom, he, he's a great kid. And he's a better athlete than I was at that age, so he's definitely making me look better. But I I know there was a lot of great kids trying on the team, and so I think Tate is doing a great job. I hear you, man. Um, are y'all having a watch party or something tomorrow? Yeah, we're going. So there's no premiere or anything like that. But I'm going out to visit my sister. She lives out in California. And we're going to go. They're have, they just moved into a new house, and we're going to go watch it there. Cool. Um, before we let you go, man. Obviously, look, it, it's a chapter that's you know been closed for an extent, but it's always going to be around. Do, do you remember outside of football things that kind of will stay with you being a New Orleanian for some time? Yeah, I mean, I just think the culture and just the passion for the football team, but just the passion for anything that's bigger than yourself, I think will always stick with me and just what New Orleans people do the best. And I think that will never leave my heart. I always ask this, Connor, to a lot of players that have left here as well. And I guess it's kind of coincides with the city. Favorite places to eat and stuff that you miss or places that you like to go. I'll definitely miss a lot of places. There was a, We always went to Desi's too after a big win was always fun. And then, some of the college bars I'll, I'll miss going to as a young kid and thinking I was so cool going there. But, I mean, well, I definitely won't be missing it because I'll probably be coming back often <laughs> to go back to my favorite places. I hear you, man. Desi's is a solid place as well. Connor, man, appreciate the time. I know it's probably been a, an interesting week for you, but I, I think there's one thing that's probably cool as well that I hope to pass on to my kid one day to be proud of, you know, and, and that you have a legacy. And you guys, your family name, and obviously you and your sister and your dad and the rest of your family – it's going to be tied to New Orleans forever, man. And obviously, hopefully, those memories last forever. And you, we, you kind of grew up in front of our eyes as well. So we kind of, kind of our family. We really are. No, and I, I love how the city's treated us that way this whole time. And I will always feel a part of New Orleans and the Saints culture. And I can't be more grateful for it. Solid, man. Good luck and success, man, with the movie and everything and everything else you guys are doing. Thank you so much. And thank you all for having me today. No, man, I appreciate the time as well. Appreciate Give Connor a follow over on Twitter at CTPayton19. And go look the rest of my intern graduates. I told you he knew me. No, no, he doesn't. Thank you, Connor. Appreciate it, buddy. You going to be all right? It's okay if he doesn't know. <laughs> he knew me. He said he knew me. I'm having fun. All good. Uh, John Stinchcomb next on ESPN New Orleans. Jets got back today Them wild-eyed boys that had been away Haven't changed, had much to say But man, I still think them cats are crazy They were asking if you were around That's a lot of diamonds That's a lot of diamonds You're seeing a lot of diamonds because you're at Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers getting ready for Valentine's Day A Celtic knot made of two intertwined hearts Share the fire of a single created diamond. The Together Forever Diamond Pendant is about the love you share. Just $169. You can also celebrate your togetherness with bigger diamonds at bigger prices. All the way up to $6,000. A crescent moon holds a Valentine's heart. That says, love you to the moon and back. Just $99. Now tell us about the circle of love, Aunt Lori. The circle of love diamond pendant is for only one woman. The woman who is surrounded by your circle of love. $149 and up. 
Valentine's Day is all about love. And so is Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers. Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana on veterans between Bonneville and West End in Metairie. At Thibodeau Regional, we're proud to announce we've received Health Grades 2017 Outstanding Patient Experience and Patient Safety Excellence Awards. Once more, we're the only hospital in Louisiana to achieve both awards four years in a row. Why should this matter? Because it confirms two things. Our commitment to quality and your satisfaction. Both very important when it comes to your family's health care. Thibodeau Regional, once again recognized by Health Grades for providing outstanding quality care. For more info, go to Thibodeau.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. He's back. He'd like to sing that when you shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to Sports Hangover, home of Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. We continue to kind of look back during the Sean Payton era. We had Lance Moore on at 1245, Matt Carney at 1205, Connor Payton just now. And now John Stinchcombe joins us to... Kind of give us a little perspective here as well. John, good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. For sure, man. You know, I talked to Mike a little bit about that beginning time here as well, because it's easy to sort of kind of look at it from a broad perspective, but you're also one of those players that saw pre-Sean, post-Sean in your time with New Orleans. When you kind of look maybe back at it sort of this week with the news of him stepping down, is it something to sort of reflect on and to, to kind of see how that transition took place with the Saints? Well, absolutely. I mean, you talk about having to change the identity and culture of an organization, and that's what he walked into. Uh, what what New Orleans is now uh, as an organization and, and the perspective uh, and position that they hold in the league is vastly different than what he took over 16 years ago mm-hmm. when he walked through the door you knew that there needed to be, you know, a, a ground level foundational change, not just in personnel, but uh, in identity and culture, and uh, really top down uh, approach to how uh, an organization is going to function. And in conjunction with Mickey Loomis and you know a number of players, um, what they what they took on and the degree of success that coach Payton has had over these past 16 years is nothing short of remarkable. Sean this week told the story of the the Pittsburgh Steeler logo and and trying to equate and tell the guys in that locker room in 06 that, you know, you, you make what that logo is going to be in representative. Look, obviously before him, the love affair of the city and its team win or losing, there was a love affair still, but what did that logo mean when you came into this team you know, and got drafted there. I mean, it, it wasn't the way it is viewed upon now, right? I mean, when you got drafted by the Saints, obviously, look, you're happy to be in the NFL. But what can you remember or recall? How were the Saints viewed? Sure. I, I think uh, at the point, at that point in the organization, uh, you look at the roster and it was talented, uh, but it was a team of mercenaries. 
and I'll say this about the fan base of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they've always been extremely loyal. Mm-hmm. And I think the expectation is what has changed. It was not whether or not you're you know, get going to get season tickets or, or support or, and wear your fleur-de-lis sweatshirts to uh, um, school on Fridays uh, across the state. It, it's always been loyal, but the mm-hmm. expectation of what you would get in return has, has changed drastically, uh, almost a 180. So I think that's why you look at uh, the number one response after the Super Bowl when you encounter any of the fans it wasn't congratulations, it was thank you. And that's part of the, the culture had changed. The expectation uh, as a Saints fan, as a member of Houdat Nation, um, it, it wasn't whether or not we're going to support our team, which I appreciate because you know loyalty in this day and age is hard to come by. Uh, but but the Houdat are ex- exceptionally loyal. And to be a part of uh, something, a part of an organization, when you see the tides turn, when you see that cultural shift and uh, the expectation from the fan base is based on fact and, and reality that, you know, uh, we feel like this team can compete on an annual basis for a title. Um, you know, that it, it was exceptionally uh, rewarding for me to be a part of it at the time. And, you know, Coach Payton is, is, if you had to single out one individual to thank for that tectonic shift, Mm-hmm. Um, it would be Coach Payton because the, the vision that he had when he came in, it demanded a, a total change in culture. And, you know, we paid for it in sweat, blood, and tears uh, during that 2006, especially training camp. And you look at the roster turnover and uh, the ability for him to replace pieces all the way up and through uh, training camp and the start of that season, it was to create uh, a culture and not just a roster full of players uh, that based on talent, but what he wanted was an, a, a new identity uh, for the New Orleans Saints locker room and organization. And uh, that took a, a pretty significant commitment on his part and uh, really the organization as a whole. Um, and I think we're all beneficiaries of that a decade and a half later. Speaking with Super Bowl champ John Stinchcomb, I, I think one of the things that stood out to me as well when I spoke with Mike, because I – I was there, that training camp in Millsaps, and people, like, it turned on. Everybody's talking about this training camp. He told us how that one day was a heat index of 128. Um, look, oh. John, I think what, what stood out to me, look, 09, you won the Super Bowl, obviously. So that is going to be the season people remember. But I feel it, the more I talk to guys that were through that process, 06 stands out from a, a perspective of adversity overcome, especially guys that came in before. Like you did, you didn't start when you first got in. Then you have the knee injury. And then 06, you become the starter and, and part of that culture shift. Because I think there was almost like a common denominator with a lot of the guys on there. It was, a, it was getting their chance. And that's one thing that I think I'll remember Sean Payton from and hearing stories from players. You legitimately had a chance to play. We just spoke with Lance. He touched on it. Pierre Thomas, you name it. Like you can go up and down the rosters, man, especially in 06. You came in, he was going to give you that opportunity. And I think as a competitor and player, it's all you really want, huh, John? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's what they were looking for. If you're looking for a player that's hungry and willing to put what they were going to ask of you in um, the, the investment on your part, 
then you could be a part of it. And if you weren't, then there was an exit door that they would quickly show you the way to. And um, I, I think that really started to galvanize the approach and uh, identity of the organization that um, it was going to demand some sacrifice. <laughs> and you're going to have to have uh, some skin in the game and in some investment and some commitment uh, to something that's going to cost. It's You know, the cost is real. Um, and some guys weren't willing to pay it. And we had a lot of good, talented players uh, opt out, uh, whether it was through retirement. Uh, I can think of a, a linebacker who, you know, was established in the league and signed as a free agent that, that season and decided that, you know what, it, it's just, you know, the cost of uh, what was being asked wasn't worth it and decided to retire at that point. And I think you start to recognize in the locker room when you're surrounded by other folks that are as miserable as you are, uh, but continue to persist because you think it's worth it. Um, it, it creates a unique bond, and that's exactly the, the type commitment and selflessness and synergy that uh, Coach Payton and the, and the entire organization was trying to create. Mm-hmm. And we fed off that for years. I mean, you, you create an identity. Uh, you bring in great leaders. You, you value character um, and, and commitment and selflessness, and you build from there. And that was the foundation from which, um, you know, four years later you, you find yourself competing for and winning a Super Bowl. There's there's no um, separation of those two. They work hand-in-hand. Hand. Without the 2006 uh, beating, if you will, that, that we took as players, uh, we don't get to the point as a team, even though it's not the same roster and a number of guys had come and went um, between those two dates. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much a factor in, in the success that we found years later. John, when, when you look at the building and foundation of the offense from the beginning, right, from 06 to what we eventually saw in Miami for the Super Bowl Look, it's easy to look at those skill position players and what Drew did and Pierre back there and Reggie. Dude, the offensive lines were incredible. And when you look back at that year, was that one of the most talented offensive lines that you've seen in the NFL, honestly, really? And and what was it like to have those guys? Because we we hear Sean Payton touch a lot on with other players, you know, tidbits and how different DBs might be playing them and stuff like that. How did that translate to the offensive line, though, and how to get that offensive machine rolling? Because without you guys, it doesn't. <laughs> well, yeah, I think New Orleans has been really fortunate for a number of years uh, because we, we've hit a lot of areas, both free agency and through the draft. And New or- uh, the offensive line is certainly one of those groups that has been valued in New Orleans. And, you know, for a number of years, and, and you look at it now, and it's probably in a similar way where – the, you know the Super Bowl line. We all, at one point or another, were Pro Bowlers, and you had two of the best guards, if not the two best guards in the league, um, in Carl Nix and Jari Evans, who were anchor points for years and years. I mean, Jari, better part of a over a decade. So, uh, just special groups and. Again, I think it was more of the identity and culture that's created where you combine great talent and, and folks that, 
you know, are, are willing to sacrifice for one another. Uh, you know, those offensive lines that I was so fortunate to be a part of, um, we're still friends. You talk about a diverse cross-section of individuals, whether in, in thought, in, in experience, in economics, and in, in upbringing across the country. I mean, we were pretty, <laughs> pretty different, but we found a common bond. And, and when we found that, we, um, you, you care about one another and you're willing to put yourself out there and put yourself on the line um, for one another. And it, it's special. You know, you'd like to see more of that across this country, not mm-hmm. just in a position group on a football field. And um, you see what's, cap- what, what, what's possible and what you're capable of um, when you have those unique experiences. And uh, I think we've really been – that we being the Houdat Nation, we've been um, blessed with having some some groups and some leaders and some teams that have uh, guys that are willing to sacrifice and willing to serve one another. I mean, it, it's not that's still part of the the DNA of the Saints to this day. Uh, you, you can see it in the way. Um, the veterans and the leaders of that team, whether it's um, Davis or Malcolm or Cam, uh, the way they talk about one, one another, the way the mm-hmm. team plays, that value of big team over me uh, still holds true. And I think that's what uh, special groups, that's what it demands. Is Obviously, you have to have talent. And, you know, We had a lot of talent in that offensive line group, but we also had that selflessness where you put the, the big team, the group, in front of individual awards and successes because those usually come when you have the team success as well. Two sacks in the 2009 playoffs. Is, is that crazy to think back at that? And the guys, mm-hmm. the way you all protect, especially when Joe Burrow got sacked nine times last weekend. Well, yeah. The, I mean, we, we were a special group and going up against the likes of you know Jared Allen in Minnesota and then, you know, obviously in the Super Bowl with Freeney and, and Mathis. I mean, it, we were not short of some talented pass rushers that we were faced up against. But, uh, you know, it, we were a part of a special group and really talented guys. And makes you appreciate it. It also makes you appreciate having a guy like Drew behind you that can make you ro- uh, right even when you screw up a little bit. So <laughs> I think we uh, worked hand in hand pretty well. But you watch some of these games and think, man, uh, these quarterbacks, when they when they are allowed to, do do take a little bit of a beating. Nine sacks. Nine sacks. Real. <laughs> Speaking with the Super Bowl champ John Stinscombe, two quick final things for you, man. Thank you for the time this afternoon. Um, you 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 went into television, and Sean's talked about that. It looks like maybe that's what he sort of will do. Uh, being in the booth and calling some games here. What was that, George? Maybe some advice. Maybe some advice. Payton. Yeah. What was it like for you to climb into the booth? <laughs> that transition. What would you do? He, Dan Patrick had him do some fake analysis today, uh, on, on his show. But did you enjoy that? And how do you enjoy that? Uh, well, I love it. It keeps you connected to the game. Right. And, you know, for when we have the experiences that we have to, to share those and, and shed some light, um, you know, on a, on a deeper level with fans that appreciate the sport that you get to be a part of, uh, if you can offer a little analysis to take them into the, the minutia that we as professionals have to uh, analyze and con- 
contemplate on a play-by-play basis and if we can express that in a way that connects them to the game in a little deeper level it's, it's fun to do and uh, coach Payton would be great at it now with that said I I, I see him getting back in coaching I, you know 16 <laughs> years in one position considering the demands that especially this past season have placed on anybody but mm-hmm. uh, especially the the New Orleans Saints with the the challenges that they face you can see why you'd want to step away and recharge your battery for a little bit, but I don't see Coach Payton, you know, hanging up the cleats or hanging up the whistle, I guess is probably a better <laughs> way of phrasing it for a coach uh, for too long. It seems like it's more of a, a, a recharge than a, a retirement. So, you know, he'll be good. He'll enjoy the fact that uh, it's a heck of a lot less stressful when you have a microphone in front of your face and you're talking about, you know, where the other guy screwed up rather than having to answer uh, and, and explain away every decision that you make when, when you're the one who's actually in the arena. So uh, he'll, he'll be great at it. it. It's fun. I just did an interview recently about all the Super Bowl guys, or at least guys from that Super Bowl team that had made their way in, in, into broadcasting. And, you know, it, it, would, it only seems right that the, the head coach would also find his way <laughs> to a uh, broadcasting booth as well. Yeah, Lance seems to enjoy it, that's for sure. Um, 